We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And then there were four, and there's two of us back here. We are moving into the conference championship weekend, the NFL season. Winding down, food for thought. This weekend was nuts, and that Kansas City-Buffalo game lived up to the hype. Will Priester, good to see you again, buddy. How are you? Listen, I'm good, brother. And, uh, man, you know... We just come in hot right away. It feels like we might be just coming in hot on this one, Luch. No time for pleasantries. No real introduction. Uh, we're not slowing down. We're, we're, we're just hitting it. Yeah, let's just sit right there. Let, let's just sit right there. Patrick Mahomes, yet again, makes it to an AFC championship. In the one year, we thought, oh, Mahomes will be at home while, while the AFC championship's going on. The Buffalo Bills have proven that there's a little leprechaun running around that organization from Boston. Something is happening there that we can't quantify, that we cannot explain. Luch, this this just has all the makings of the old school Buffalo Bills that made it to the Super Bowl but could not close the deal. This team, they just – and Luch, don't we feel like the window is possibly closed now? Like I love – I get it. Josh Allen's great, but they just can't get over the hump here. They just can't get over the hump. And I mean, the AFC is only going to get better. Like the Jets should be better, essentially, if Aaron Rodgers plays next year. We feel like Miami is going to be better because I don't think this year was their ceiling, Luke. I think this was more of a mid-floor for them. If their defense was, was better in the playoffs without those injuries, like Maybe they even go to the AFC Championship. As an example, we don't know. But my point is, gosh, 
our team's going to be getting better. We feel like the Chiefs should be better. We feel like the Chargers get a new coach. They're going to be better. We feel like uh, Pierce being being named the head coach of the, of the Raiders are going to play tough football. We feel like they're going to be better. You know, what are the Broncos going to do? They were better the back half of the season and then just sat Russ, you know, last two or three games, I think it was. Two games, to be exact, if I'm not mistaken. Feels like they should be better. But not only that, the Jets are getting Aaron Rodgers back. But that's what I said. Yeah, the, the Jets are going to be better with Rodgers. The, the Patriots, perhaps they get better. We don't know. Like, teams are going to get better, it seems like, at least on paper. And where yeah. does that leave the Buffalo Bills in the grand scheme of championship football? Now, we're not saying they can't go out and win eight, nine, ten games. But, like, is that going to be enough? That was barely enough to get them in this year. If the, the if the Dolphins don't have a meltdown at the end of the season and lose to them, like the Dolphins are the number one seed and the Bills got to go on the road. Like it, it just and, and guess what, Luch? I'm saying this. It, it sounds like I'm a Debbie Downer. I'm really heartbroken for the Buffalo Bills nation because they've experienced they experienced this type of heartbreak in the 90s with Jim Kelly. And Bruce Smith and that crew. And now you're telling me they thought they were back. They thought they were almost back. And now the rug's been pulled from under them yet again. It, it's well, awful. It's awful. We 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 kind of knew Kansas City and Buffalo just kind of incomplete teams, much like most of the league is. Two, the two complete teams that we've been tabbing on for two months uh, are still left, San Fran and Baltimore. And you know, we saw some Tier 2, some Food for Thought Tier 2 results. And if you listen to our podcast in the past, we kind of you know, tier our teams and, and rank them and have some fun that way. And first of all, you know, if you're playing devil's advocate, Buffalo was depleted. And for most of that game, they were – just mauling up front in the trenches. I mean, if you're going to beat Kansas City, you're going to run the football, and and they were. And taking nothing away from James Cook, I, I've never, and maybe this goes hand in hand with, with with Joe Brady or Sean McDermott. I'm not sure like who's to blame. They've been running the ball more efficiently since Joe Brady came into the fold. But why are we rotating like every running back on the roster in there? You're, I mean, uh, the Debo package with Stephon Diggs is kind of cool. But listen, you're giving Latavius Murray and um and Johnson meaningful runs. James Cook's the most dynamic runner there. I, I mean, I know he had a really bad drop in, in the red zone too, but you know, I, I don't know. Then maybe explore another option through the draft or something because um, they're like 40 mil in the hole for cap. And we, we talked about that. We ran some of the numbers in the last podcast and Buffalo is one of the teams where it's kind of like, they're not going to get better by, by bringing in top tier talent. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they're going to, navigate this offseason um they have some critical free agents um you know that's off the field stuff the on the field stuff is they were depleted you know defensively uh they were it, it just felt like the chiefs you know I, over the weekend i was thinking about i didn't bet the game i had that 35 to 1 bills ticket rip um but saturday morning i uh, decided to splash the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl at plus 850. I'm like, you know what? I, I just kind of, it felt like the Bills were depleted. That was by far the best number anywhere. I didn't feel like betting the game straight up. 
And uh, it just felt like Kansas City had a little more. They did. They had a little more health. They had a little more continuity. The biggest thing the, the entire season is the Chiefs defense. And it's kind of not finding different ways to win for Kansas City. They had a brand new identity this year. And, and shout out to Spags. I mean, he's the real MVP of this team. Because the Chiefs had an elite defense. I know that's not news to you. But they gave up the third least amount of net yards per play. Uh, they were top a top five passing defense. And, and that's something we really haven't seen in the past. So, you know, kudos for them figuring it out with Chris Jones. You know, everyone thought the opening season loss, you know, the sky was falling to Detroit. Well, uh, Detroit, the Detroit loss doesn't look so bad anymore. But, you know, Detroit in their own right, kind of a tier two team. They got some issues as well. 90% of the teams do. Mahomes and Josh Allen are two of the three or four quarterbacks that can mask so many other holes. That's why we made such a case for Lamar Jackson like two months ago. That was a really good conversation, right? I mean, but on top of that, I mean, the the Ravens are just a, a dynamic football team. Yeah, they're lacking some skill players on the outside, um, but they're healthy right now. They're getting they're going to get Mark Andrews back, which is big. The Chiefs, I mean, I don't know where they would be without the emergence of Rasheed Rice, like they got to be ecstatic that they hit on that draft pick. Everyone else has been awful on the outside. Yeah, and I'm, I'm so glad you mentioned Rasheed Rice because even if he doesn't become a true number one, he's absolutely a great number two if they just went out and got someone. Like, for instance, Mike Evans comes to town. Mike Evans lands in Kansas City as, a, as an example. And Rasheed Rice is number two. I mean – he at this point, I think he's and 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 maybe I'm wrong here, Lucia. I reserve the right to be wrong on this, but I'm saying comparatively, he's just as good as Chris Godwin, or better, or, or, or in terms of the trajectory, he may even be better long term. And, and so that's kind of what I was struggling with. I was when I was saying I reserve the right to be wrong on that long term, but I think if Rasheed Rice keeps progressing and he gets a number one receiver in there. Like, could you imagine Mike Evans, Rasheed Rice, Travis Kelsey, Patrick Mahomes? P- pretty, pretty nasty stuff there, Luch. Like, I, I think most defenses would have trouble, have trouble because they would be in a pick your poison situation every snap. Plus, the emergence of a running game with Pacheco. Like, you get what I'm saying? Like, that that's where we are. The the, the Chiefs are one really good wide receiver away. From a Super Bowl, I think. I don't think they beat Baltimore. I I, I I still don't think they beat Baltimore this year. I know that's getting ahead, but I, I think they're one really good receiver, Luke, away from a Super Bowl. They really, even though they it. won it last year, even though they won it last year, they need like one of those top tier free agent receivers to be like, you know what? I'll sacrifice a gigantic chunk of like long term equity. I'm happy with the money I've made to take a shorter deal to maybe go get a championship kind of thing. Like you need one of the, you need like the Mike Evans, you need Patrick Mahomes to pick up the phone and be like, Hey dude, how about like a two year deal? And like, we go get a title next year, you know, yeah, two and for 20, it, two for 25, two for 30. You know, not a lot of there. dead money. Yeah. Um, but the, the bills are, are and they can for, probably give them guarantees and nice incentives because of the shorter contract. If they pull something like that off, like Mike, okay, we know you've been picking up thousand yard seasons. Listen, we'll give you a nice, 
$500,000 bonus for hitting another 1,000-yard season, right? You know what I'm saying? And if you catch 10 touchdowns, we'll give you another 500000 Just, you know, something like that. How, how how freaking good is Josh Allen, though? I mean, you know, you say what you – not you, just the perception is he's this gunslinger. He's a little – he's a risk taker. He will – no turnovers in the playoffs. I mean, he really did carry that team offensively he he really is so good and you know for his sake you know and I, i'm a team I'm, I'm, a, I'm a fan of a team in the afc but i appreciate greatness like for his sake and he's still got a lot of football left lots tons tons of football years maybe like a decade even you know um i just hope he's able to get over the hump while like i hope he's able to beat patrick Mahomes at some point and i'm not saying that I'm not like being a Mahomes hater because I'm not, but you know, he deserves to not have his like legacy looked back and just kind of while well, he can never beat the chiefs kind of thing. Um, I mean, he played his tail off and this wasn't the only year he played his tail off. I mean, who knows what could have happened after the overtime loss when, before they changed the rules and the chiefs got the ball back in that epic shootout, that duel a couple of years ago. Uh, the, the facts are like, he hasn't beaten the chiefs to get there. They haven't got to the conference championship and, and, now, you and I probably could both agree this was the year for them to do it. Um, you know, so much just didn't work out, and a lot of that was health-related. You know, not losing Gabe Davis on a, team, on a game where they didn't have any explosive plays, which is crazy to, to think about a, a Josh Allen offense had zero explosive plays against Kansas City, which, again, tip of the cap to Kansas City. Not having Gabe Davis was, was a pretty big loss, and it's, it's not, uh, you know, not, nothing against Shakir, Dalton Kincaid. Like, those guys are fine. But just with the way you know the Bills are constructed and the Chiefs have a great defense, like, you kind of need that Gabe Davis element out there. Shakir got banged up. You know, he, he clearly wasn't 100%. He's great football this year from Kalu Shakir, though. I mean, they have to be happy with what they got out of him. But the, the, the million-dollar question is, you know, what the hell, Stephon Diggs? I mean, for a better part of most of the year, the – I don't know if it's Stephon Diggs. Diggs heads to Kansas City. You, that, you, you put a match. Wouldn't that be a kick in a kick downstairs for Buffalo fans? But, but like, here, but I'll I'll lead you with this. You know, didn't it just seem? I mean, we heard rumors and whispers. You know, after a bad loss here, or there. You know, even Stephon Diggs' brothers on Twitter saying, "Get my brother out of here." Um, Diggs doesn't talk to the media very often. Does, between the whole team, doesn't the for about thirteen games? Doesn't didn't the whole vibe just seem a little bit off this year with the Bills? Like it did. Let, let me let, let, let me backtrack for a second, Luch. Because I do want to mention something about Josh Allen. While I don't think Josh Allen had a bad game on paper, if you watch the game, here, here's what I think we're asking when when the media and your play gets you labeled as one of the premier quarterbacks in the league. It's the same It's the same issue I had with Kirk Cousins long ago and even, even in recent years. I appreciate you. You're a fantastic quarterback. Regular season, you're crushing it. And while there weren't any official turnovers, so forth and so on, in critical moments, Luch, in this particular game, we saw Josh Allen misfire. And that's a couple times, but a couple of times in the playoffs is what we're asking you to do 
to get you to a championship, right? Like, so, so, so I'll give you an example because Lamar Jackson hasn't played well in the playoffs historically, right? He hasn't been a lot because, you know, some of those he's been hurt. But I'm doing a comparative analysis for a reason here. You watch the first half, of it, it just seemed like Lamar just couldn't quite get in the room. I'm going to call that rust. I'm going to give him a pass, but they really had his number. Second half, Luke, we saw Lamar come out and take control of this game and say, okay, this is what we need to do to win. This is how we're going to win. Had some timely clutch runs for touchdowns to just continue to push the lead. And what did we talk about with Baltimore? Despite they're not going to beat themselves. So you better find a way, right, to beat them. And we thought with that big kick return that that might have been Houston's kick in the butt to say, okay, we're here. Nope. Lamar comes out and continues the game plan. And we and we saw in the end how lopsided the score was versus how close it was in the first two quarters, right? Lamar had to take a step, and you said and – and you left that game saying best player on the field, Lamar Jackson. For sure, for sure. I, there's so but many look, twists and turns. Just but, but, but here's what I'm saying. Here's what I'm saying. I, I know. Mahomes, right? This team misfires all season. The offense is struggling all season. What does Patrick Mahomes do, though, Luke? He comes out, and they just find ways to win. And he gets in one of the, the biggest moments again. What was the knock on Mahomes? It wasn't his fault, but what was the knock? Can't go on the road and win a playoff game. Yes, I know Tyler Bass misses the field goal. I get it, right? It's a team game. But in, in that closing drive, Luke, we saw what, what did we see? Misfire on a wide open touchdown pass, throws him too short, fumbles the football, could have handed the game away. Like, it's just, you see what I'm saying, Luke? Like in those moments is when we're saying, hey, John, be great all the way through. In those moments is when we need you to step up and put on the cape. You know what I'm saying? Not in the first quarter. When the game's three to three, we need the cape. When when the big moments come up, when you gotta have the drive, right? And we don't get it, Luch. I know two years ago, three years ago, whatever it was, he put on the cape. And guess what? You leave Patrick Mahomes time. Patrick Mahomes puts on the cape. You lose the game. I get it. But this is what we're saying with Josh Allen. And now, Luch, I feel like the window has closed on this team, which is why I'm saying. We may, I think we've missed out here. This might be the best we see of the Buffalo Bills. We might, it might be, but and I know, the, ago. I know the defense was hurt, but once again, I try to be fair because we were down on Kansas City all year because of this offense. And Patrick Mahomes just finds a way to help lift up the offense through all the adversity, all the bad play calls. I mean, lining up in the wrong spot. Getting plays taken away, getting touchdowns taken away. You, you get what I'm saying, Luke? And in the, the end, he's still going to the AFC Championship. I mean, no it's, different. It's, it's no, no different. different than Josh Allen having right. all this adversity, having it, but he, he he just he can't close the deal. If Josh Allen at least gets to a Super Bowl, I'm not having this conversation with you right now. Which is also why I'm talking. Why I brought up Lamar saying, "Hey." We got to see because Lamar has not been great in the playoffs historically. Oops, I knocked something down off of my desk. He hasn't been great in the playoffs historically, and so we have to see it. And I think we saw in that game against Houston, 
D'Amico Ryans had a great game plan for Lamar Jackson until Lamar Jackson put on the cake. And then the game plan was non-existent. He took over the game. I, I also so, think you can only game plan so much. I mean, the Texans had a nice defense. I, I, they really are much better than anyone expected. But the Chiefs defense was a different animal. And you can only control what you can control. And the quarterbacks can control a lot, which speaks volumes about the, the errors uh, on the Bills' part for the rest, the rest of the team. Like Josh Allen, he threw a, a rope. Hit Stephon Diggs 60 yards in the air in the hands. Couldn't come down with it. Patrick Mahomes had the same issue all season, but he We're, found a we, way to win. He found a whole, way to win on Sunday. Your entire he, he, rant he found a way to win. Your entire rant, we could have just said the exact same thing with Josh Allen's name in there and Patrick Mahomes and Patrick Mahomes' name in there, right? Well, Their windows closing excuses for good quarterbacks. Because Luce, guess what? I didn't make an excuse for Patrick Mahomes all season, and I started not making excuses last season. See, that's the thing. I'm consistent. I don't give these elite quarterback quarterbacks passes when they're not playing well or when they make critical mistakes in the wrong in the wrong time in the game. Josh Allen hits it. Okay, Stephon Diggs drops it. So what? He missed another throw here. He fumbled the ball here. They were lucky to get it back. He, you, you, you get what I'm saying? Like, I'm not giving these elite quarterbacks passes. If you're Baker Mayfield and you're not in the top tier and you throw that interception late in the game, guess what? You don't hear me crying about that today. Baker Mayfield is a good quarterback, but he's not Josh Allen, right? You give it up I'll saying? give Josh Allen a pass. I will. I, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not giving him a pass. I'll do it. This, this I'll might do be it. our first controversial podcast. I'm not giving him a pass because we've seen Josh Allen play for several years now, and the Bills still can't get to the Super Bowl. At least get me to the Super Bowl. You got to at least get me there. It is a team sport, but Patrick Mahomes keeps getting to the Super Bowl. Do we? We feel like we feel like Josh Allen is close enough to Patrick Mahomes. He's got to get there. I know it's a team game. I get it. But Patrick Mahomes has not had the best team in every year they've played. I don't feel that way. I don't think he had a better team than Josh Allen last season. I, I don't. I don't think he had a better team than him this season. Not on offense. And he still got it done. Come on. He's got Andy Reid. He's got Andy Reid. Hey, He's got that hey, element. Guess what? Guess what? I will absolutely concede on that. You because get a better coach, suddenly things go right. Luke, I can see. I'll, I'll hand bit, it to you. Andy a, that's a big part of my partial pass here. You, you have Sean McDermott, who, what the hell? We, we didn't even get into the fake punt that situation. And, and I don't exactly. care if there were 10 guys on the other side or not at that point. We didn't even get into that. They get rid of coordinators midseason. It just, it, the vibes are off. Gabe Davis is hurt. Stephon Diggs, like, I don't know. Things just don't seem well. And it just kind of almost seemed inevitable that this was going to happen. And I hate that. I hate that. And the, the thing about Josh Allen and not getting there, like, he for more times than not, he just keeps losing to arguably the greatest quarterback we've ever seen. Who knows if Matt Mahomes will be the GOAT 10 years from now. I'm not saying he, you know, is taking that title from Tom Brady or whoever else he thinks the greatest quarterback of all time. But it's not like he's lost the game manager Aaron Rodgers one year and Kerry Collins the next year and Ty Detmer. 
You know, <laughs> it's not like he's losing the Chris Winky. You like these name drops I'm throwing out here? Yeah. Listen, I, I get it, Luch. I, and I, I, but I get your objective. Get me to this. Get me to the Super Bowl. He's lost three times to Patrick Mahomes by a total of fifteen points. And that that's excruciating, like you said, for Bills Mafia, for Josh Allen, for everyone. But I hope they do the right thing and and get rid of Sean McDermott, in my opinion. Like, we've seen enough. Like, he's been Luch, there. Luch, let me say this. This is going to be my there. last thing. This is going to be my last thing. Respect to Josh Allen. The past couple of times he's had to go on the road and try. He's at home this time, bro. Like, he's at home. I And guess what? I know the Chiefs defense this year is better than the past two times he's seen them in the playoffs. No, no argument there. But here's here's my thing, Luch, and this is what I'm saying. Listen, listen closely, folks. This is really what I'm saying. He had a chance to close the deal. It's not like Luch, they didn't lose 41 to 20. They lose 41 to 20 and just kind of get bait, boat raced. And, you know, it's just one of those weird wonky games where their defense just can't stop them. Kansas City gets one one stop early. KC goes up 14-0. They fumble a they fumble a kickoff at the 30. Kansas City goes up 21. If, if it's that, if it's that, you don't hear me have this argument today, right? I, I don't I don't bring that up because those are things he there's nothing he can do about that. Nothing, right? He has a chance at home to close the deal. To close the deal. That was the and problem. He misses the opportunity. And this is what I'm talking about. The problem right? was, it was just him. No one else showed up. <laughs> I mean, you can blame Josh Allen for a degree, like whatever degree of, of, of whatever you want to blame him. But it was just a, a him, few, man. A few critical moments. Because here's the thing. Like, and I'm going, man, this is probably just a kind of organic show because, you know, it's the playoff. And we, we really got a chance to have these teams under the microscope, loose because we could watch every game. Like, it's not like the season where we got 10 games going and I get to watch some of the Falcons and some of the Panthers and, or all of the Panthers, some of the Chargers. The teams are under a microscope. I can watch every game. And so, once again, what I'm saying is I don't think Josh Allen played bad. So I don't want anybody to hear that. Josh Allen played great, but in the critical moments, right, when it's time to close the deal, he had chances. It's not like he didn't have chances. He's had chances to close the deal, and we've got to close the deal at home to get you somewhere where you want to go. Now, do I think they win and go on the road and beat Baltimore? No, but I think they could have beat Kansas City. You see what I'm saying? And that, that's really what I'm talking about here. Like, I think we feel like the Bills couldn't have won the football game. So but you're, they, you're, but they leave or, or they stay at home losing. So your perception of Josh Allen likely wouldn't have changed because he wouldn't have got to the Super Bowl this year anyway. No. Okay. Let, 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 I, I'm, 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 I'm saying the same thing. I'm trying to give. I'm trying to explain context because I I don't want anybody to hear Josh Allen's a bad quarterback. No, no I know. Not, I know. But what would you? How would you gauge his legacy if he finally beat Mahomes but lost to Lamar Jackson this week? Okay, he's on the road. 
in Baltimore against virtually the best team in the AFC, possibly the best team in football. San Francisco did not get out of this game unscathed, and we'll talk about that next, I'm sure. Uh, right? So here's what I, here's what we're looking for here. If he goes into Baltimore and it's just blow for blow, Lamar Jackson has the ball last. Lamar Jackson, they, they lead a game-winning touchdown field goal drive. Guess what? That's not on uh, um, Josh Allen. Here's why. When he leaves the football game, this team is in control of the game, right? If, if, if at that point Lamar Jackson marches him down, hey, they just got beat by the best team in the AFC. Now, what I want to say is this, Luke. I understand that Tyler Bass misses a field goal, right? I understand that, but it shouldn't have come to that. He had too many chances to put the ball in the end zone, and they had miscues on the way there during that last drive that led to a field goal. There were misfires that happened where they had touchdown opportunities, and, and some of them weren't because the defense screwed it up. It was because of the miscues on offense. That's what I'm saying here. That, that's all I'm saying. At home, you got a shot to close the deal. Close it, man. Like, go claim your glory. You know, go, you know what? Go claim your glory. So Josh Allen is a competent enough quarterback and can just do Josh Allen things on the ground, ab lib, that he can, you know, overcompensate for a, a bad play caller or a prehistoric play caller. The problem is if they want to move on from Sean McDermott, all these other teams have already started their process. Some of these guys are in second interviews. These really good coaches are all through the motions right now. But there's a couple. You know who would go in there and and and, and maybe win a game like that or two? My Bill guy, Belichick. Michael Vrabel. Would be Mike Vrabel. Listen, I I don't know. I I don't know. I, I get it, Luke. I get it. I it, listen. Honestly, if if a job opening comes open in, in in Buffalo, that's probably going to be the most coveted uh, head coaching position in football. It is, but I they're will, late. I will they're give late. you that. I it feel like they would have already made a decision, as, as abrupt as it is, because Brian Callahan's in second interviews, Ben Johnson's in second interviews, Bobby Slowick's already interviewing. Like, like you know, all these guys are... Luke. Say what you want. Say what you want. I don't care if those guys are in second interviews. If the Buffalo Bills have an opening, especially for offensive guys, especially for offensive guys, and they know, and Buffalo calls, I can assure you they're taking the interview to get a chance to start your head coaching career with Josh Allen. You know, who, uh, you know who likes cold weather is used to playing in, in rain? Pete Carroll. <laughs> uh I can't see it, but it just goes. No, you know. no, no, Pete. But Mike Vrabel to Buffalo is like kind of nightmare fuel. You better, you better get a good offensive coordinator. Defense will be great, know. you know. But hey, yeah, it's, it, anyway, it's what we talked I, about too. Everyone yeah. poaching everyone's offensive coordinators to find the next best thing is is terrifying, and we talked about that on the previous show. Um, you know, this is my last. I'll, I'll I'll be done after this about this game, and then you know, kudos to Kansas City for for doing their thing. Um, strange analogy, but I, you know, I'm a Yankees fan, born in New York. Don't, you know, I'm a sports mutt, Yankees fan for my own reasons. 76ers fan, was a Knicks fan. 
Um, and I'm a Titans fan. I don't know. Maybe there's something wrong with me. But this feels the bill. This this version of the Bills that we've been watching and Josh Allen feels like the Yankees of this like decade. And Josh Allen is Aaron Judge. And Aaron Judge oh, keeps losing to the Astros three times in the ALCS. And he's doing as much as he can. He's controlling. He can control, obviously, different sport, right? You're one of nine hitters. I get it. Now, Aaron Judge is playing pretty well. They can't get over the hump. Bl- finger pointing. Everyone's blaming. You're sticking with Aaron Boone for uh, more years. People are getting hurt. But, you know, both both you know the Yankees keep losing to what ha- has been mostly objectively the best team in baseball. Josh Allen and the Bills keep losing to Patrick Mahomes. I mean, geez, if Patrick Mahomes in the NFC, I mean, you can't keep playing this tinfoil hat game, but we might have seen Josh Allen in a Super Bowl already. But it's part of the reasons why I'm willing to give him a pass is he just keeps losing to the greatest quarterback we've seen. You know, other than Tom Brady, it's it's Mahomes and maybe the greatest coach, arguably too. But it's just well, weird vibe. I'm playing. I can for tell you right now, the greatest coach, the greatest quarterback of all time, is going down coming up this week. I, I can tell you that right now. Well, before we talk I, about I, that, I, man, I'm, put, I'm putting my my stamp of approval, chief stamp of approval, on this one. Chiefs are not beating Baltimore on the road. If you look up scores and odds, I already bet Baltimore money line. By the way, yeah, they're, they're not doing. They're not doing what? And once again, Luch, what did we talk about? Man, can, can we talk? Can we just go ahead and talk about that game now, Baltimore Houston? Yeah, let's stick in the AFC. Go for it. Here's what we talked about, Luch. If you remember last week, what did I talk about with Baltimore? They weren't going to beat themselves, right? That's not their mo. Defensively, Luch, what did you see in that game? Discipline, defense. They might hit them for a play across the middle or a few here and there. You're not going to get them over the top like they got some of these other teams. C.J. Stroud, right, under some duress sometime. You saw some delayed blitzes from Patrick Queen. You saw some delayed blitzes coming off the edge. They couldn't get the running game going. You, you see what I'm saying? Like Devin Singletary got involved in the passing game, but virtually no yards on the ground. I think he had, what, I don't know, 18, 19, 22 yards, something very low. My point is this defense – makes you make mistakes, right, Lucha? That's what we talked about. You weren't going to just come out here and throw it all over this defense. They were going to make you make the right play every time. What did they do? Took away the running game, got them in mostly uh, intermediate to longer distance and downs on third down, and when you don't convert it, you have to kick it off to Mahomes, uh, kick it off to uh, – Lamar Jackson, what happens? Lamar, you may hold him for a little while, but eventually, what is he? He works in the field goal range, works in the works into the red zone, works into first and goal, and then all of a sudden the touchdowns start to come loose. And we saw them come in bunches in that game via the run game. Lamar's legs. I mean, did you see? That running, those running plays as they got within about 15 yards, dude, basically pulling a guard outside, letting him lead the way. And Lamar gets the option to go outside or inside, inside and take it into the end zone. And we saw that twice in the same game. We saw some nice shifty play action. Lamar throwing it down. Like, this is what we saw, right? They did do a good job on Lamar in the first half, mostly making him uncomfortable, getting him off his spot, trying to keep some form of a contain. But you can't do that to Lamar Jackson 
all game and the defense is going to wear down the offense, right? They just play really good complimentary football. And if they don't give up a, a, kick, a punt return or a kick return for a touchdown, this score is even worse. But Baltimore just has a really solid team on both sides of the ball. And the quarterback run outside of the design runs is what makes Lamar Jane, uh, 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 Lamar Jackson a special quarterback where we see, we call Patrick Mahomes, I guess, probably the, one of the greatest talents because of his arm and creativity and his imagination and his way he can, he can play the game from the quarterback position in a different way. We get that same thing from Lamar Jackson, but in a different way. What have we seen this season, Luke, when Lamar gets outside of the pocket? He's mostly looking to throw until he realizes, hey, I have to take the run. I have to take the rush on this one. So that that's Lamar Jackson's gift. That's what's comparable to Patrick Mahomes. His is just the creativity of the legs where Mahomes has the creativity of the arm. Both get outside the pocket to throw, but when Lamar has to run, he's virtually unstoppable. Mahomes' shiftiness is un- unlike anybody I could like really think of if I'm comparing. He's the guy you're yelling at your TV if you're a fan of the defense. Like, how are you not tackling this guy? One subtle shoulder shrug, one little, one little hitch, one little shoulder shrug, you know, missed tackle, boom, dart 20 yards over the middle, right? Like Lamar is you know, such a threat with his legs, but you know, Todd Monken came in and when we talked about this, he didn't come in and ho- totally redo this whole thing. Played to Lamar's strengths. We're three weeks removed from him throwing five touchdowns and 300 yards against Miami, though. How about that win against Baltimore? In the, uh, Excuse me, the Rams at home in Baltimore. Uh, earlier, was it late November, early December against the Rams? Uh, overtime win in the rain. Lamar throwing for over 300 yards in that one. So they obviously want to get their little dynamic run game going, but don't be fooled. They can complimentary, as you said, complimentary football. Use the pass, you know, in neutral situations when they want to. They don't have a guy that's going to go out there and get 100 yards a game, but Zay Flowers chips in with 50. Mark Andrews will get you 50, or Isaiah Likely gives you 50. Nelson Aguilar suddenly has 40 yards. Um, you know, Rashard Bateman has like two for you know 40, and suddenly you got, you know, 230 passing yards. And what Lamar does with his legs is just kind of, you know, unprecedented, unprecedented outside of, you know, what Michael Vick used to do to the league and you know a handful of other guys maybe. So uh, I'm with you. I mean, Baltimore is a wagon right now. You know, we had uh, the commission come on a couple weeks ago and talked about how historically good their DVOA has been at this defense. Jadavion, you know, all these guys coming together, healthy, playing football. Marlon Humphrey, healthy. Um, a guy who's missed some time in the past for various reasons. It's it's good to see a plan coming together when everyone's healthy. You know, like I said, Jadavian Clowney. I mean, healthy. Kind of had a little bit of a career resurgence there. I mean, he was terrible at the tail end uh, with the Browns. He was terrible in Tennessee. He comes to Baltimore, age 30, and kind of schematically finds a niche. But I think that's also a testament to, to how good Mike McDonald is. And you know, he's doing this all while he's interviewing uh, to be a head coach somewhere, hypothetically. And Mike McDonald is a wizard. He is maybe the best defensive in-game adjuster uh, in football. I mean just did a number on CJ Stroud and company. And I, you know, you want to make excuses for CJ Stroud. Go ahead. Didn't have tank Dell, you know, they've been banged up, but I'm going to interrupt you for five, 10 seconds. CJ Stroud 
we don't have a problem with CJ Stroud. He's no, a, no, he, no. He, I mean, best he best this team could have asked for this season. Now, next season, let's just see some gradual improvement, right? That's all we're looking for here, I think, with Mr. Stroud. Incredible season for a rookie. I, for sure. I, I, think, I don't think this team could ask for anything better. He played sure. and had an incredible season. Now, Basically, let's get better. Baltimore won the chess match, and yes. you know. It's nothing against Bobby Slowick or you know who was involved. I mean, talent matters as well, and we we definitely know that. And Baltimore has just a really unique combination of talent and, and great coaching. Um, kind of like where the Lions are at. We talked about that window. Aaron Glenn is getting phone calls. He's interviewing Ben Johnson's interviewing. They got Dan Campbell, master motivator, right? He does what he has to do with that football team and lets his elite coordinators do their jobs as well. Uh, right now, uh, you know, obviously Harbaugh, you know, fantastic coach, but he also has the luxury of having elite coordinators and talent as well. And it's uh, it's a small, small window, probably even smaller than most people realize, to have everything cohesively working together. I mean, look at the Bills. My biggest issue was the coaching, right? And then some of the skill players. Kansas City, have the coaching outside of Travis Kelsey, didn't have much for most of the year besides, you know, Rasheed Rice kind of emerging. Detroit, you know, the back end of that defense is definitely liable, but they know who they are. Most of these teams have flaws, but they have the coaching right now because the coordinators are so damn good. Everybody on that team is playing for Dan Campbell, and you have skill players. Uh, and I think, you know, we'll, we'll get to – do we want to spend any more time on Houston and Baltimore? I mean, it was – Probably what we expected. I mean, no super shocks, right? I mean, great season for Houston, great season for CJ Stroud. Like you said, Lamar took care of business in the second half, and I think we expected him to, right? Anything else you want to add on that one? No, just that, you know, I think, you know, Baltimore, we considered them tier one, and I think we I think we were right on that. And we're not listen, that's not groundbreaking news, folks. We're not like off the reservation against most. NFL analysts that played the game or didn't play the game. I think we all, as we watched the games and watched the season unfold, we felt like this was a good football team. And let me say this, Lamar's getting it done similar to Patrick Mahomes with a good defense, right? But Lamar has, has also been able to get it done this season with some of those injuries, right? We saw Mark Andrews go down. We saw uh, uh, their top running back go down early in the season. Now, obviously, Gus the Bus has been in the system and, and – um, some of their other running backs have uh, Justice Hill. He's been in the system. Odell Beckham, this is his first year. Zay Flowers, this is his first year. But Bateman's been there. Um, and, 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 you know, and some of the other guys, like Devin Duvernay, who's on, on special team. Like, you see, but, but Lamar's been able to find ways to get it done. Isaiah likely had to step in, but he's been there. So I, there's been some continuity that I think has helped them, even with some of the injuries. Here's one last thing I'll mention about Baltimore, because I do think this was important. We did see a key piece from their secondary not suit up for that game in Marlon Humphrey. They have backed up in. And even at one point, I think he got nicked up or somebody else got nicked up and they subbed in for you know a couple a, a player too. But my point is they did have some pieces missing and were still able to find ways to get maximum contribution from their guys. So kudos to them. We do, we do, we we do understand that Mark Andrews was close last week. We think he's going to suit up this week, which should only help this team as long as he's ready to go. Yeah, I just look at the linebackers they have on Baltimore, and it's like they might have had a couple of years where they were looking for their guys, 
early 2000s teams with Ray Lewis and company. Now, then they go out and get Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen in the draft, and Clowney. Roquan Smith was the big one, man. That was the big one. From getting him from Chicago was, I mean, wow. Incredible. You got some dogs over there, man. Definitely, yeah. definitely got yeah. some dogs over there. Yep. But Baltimore doing their thing right on time. Hopefully getting Mark Andrews back. And he did practice. He practiced. I was a little surprised that they didn't. Uh, two days in full last week. And he yeah. Still didn't play. So that's yeah. what I'm saying. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident he's comes back this week, Luke. Wouldn't you, wouldn't I think you agree? So. I'm pretty yeah, confident agree. he comes back this week. I agree. Yeah. Get, getting into the Buffalo, or excuse me, Tampa Bay, Detroit game. And I was saying everything kind of coming together for, for Detroit. Um, and on the flip side, you know, Tampa Bay, Baker Mayfield, football's poetic. Pretty good game, all things considered. Couldn't get the job done. But, you know, kudos to uh, Detroit's fans for sticking sticking with their squad. It's been a really long time, and that place had to be just bumping in Motor City there. Uh, but much like Detroit... And their coordinators, where there's success, the league will find you. And uh, Dave Canales getting some attention now, has some head coaching interviews, and he's done a great job with Baker Mayfield. He's been around a, a little while now, still a young guy, late 30s, and there's a couple plays he called at Detroit game. I was like, okay, really electric stuff. Listen, and see, so now you're going to hear the other side of me when I talk about things because I, I try to judge the talent accordingly. I'm actually, man, super happy for Baker Mayfield this season. Now, maybe Mike Evans stays, maybe he doesn't, Luch. That I can't answer. But what I can say is, for someone that's had a, as a tumultuous start to their career as Baker Mayfield, if you don't think it's tumultuous, I think Baker Mayfield had eight different coordinators in about four or five seasons, Luke, eight to nine coordinators. That includes head coaches and coordinators, right? Because some, some of the head coaches, I think, were the coordinators, like, when he had um, um, uh, Hugh there, I think Hugh might have been off, or, and then he had Kitchen, and then he had Stefanski, and then he goes to Carolina, and then he goes to the Rams. But he's had a lot that he's had to deal with. But this season, I think we got to see what he's capable of when he's given a, a real shot and some stability. You get what I'm saying, Luke? And so, what I will say is. I think Baker and this team, Baker specifically, he should just be proud of what he accomplished this season. After he gets a chance to sit back, get over the sting of defeat. Listen, man, Baker had a really good season, bro. Really good season. And so um, if he can take that and replicate it, Luke, right, and kind of get this team back going again next season, then we'll really see because now he should have some stability. Like I feel like the job – should be his, right? It, it it should be his. And uh ladies, okay, I'm gonna ladies and gentlemen, we're, we're gonna break this up. Breaking news. Panthers hire Dan Morgan as the GM. Do we have a new owner yet, though, is the question. That is that is the big question. I I know we don't have a new owner, but uh we'll see how that goes. I I'm hoping, Luch, um I'm hoping we can just get some stability, right? Yeah. Like that. That's 
that's what we need. Okay. That that's what we need. I mean, obviously, this is a guy that was drafted by the Panthers. Maybe we're trying to go down the same route as the Patriots in terms of bringing in somebody that's been with the organization. I, I don't know, but we, we got to figure this out. And, and hopefully we can get some continuity between the GM, coach, quarterback. Like we're stuck, we're handcuffed to Bryce Young right now. So let's just get it right. Let's make it work. Let's find ways to help him be successful. Because if we can find a way for him to be successful, we'll feel really good that we drafted him. I think right now it's just such, you know, bombs over Baghdad in the organization. We don't feel good about anything. So let, let's see how this goes. Yeah, and going back to Tampa Bay, same division as uh, the Panthers. Dan Morgan, former NFL linebacker, been the assistant GM since 2021. So a little in-house promotion and maybe a little more continuity with being familiar with some of the, the plans that the Panthers want to have in place. Um, another another uh, another hot commodity is uh, Panther. Your the Panthers' offensive coordinator getting some calls as well, um, to uh, to be a head coach somewhere, or maybe he'll just uh, look elsewhere as a coordinator. But you know, Tampa Bay. You talked about all the coordinators Baker Mayfield had. I mean, there's a chance that Canales leaves, and he's looking for a ninth offensive coordinator. Uh, Baker Mayfield also a free agent. Mike Evans free agent. A lot of work to do. A lot of work to do in Tampa Bay to kind of get back to uh, where they were this year and, and kind of just, like, expand on that. I don't think Baker leaves, though, man. Like, how, how can you leave when this is the team? Even if you have to switch quarterbacks. Like, I think the quarterback job is his right now. No no reason for him to walk out of Tampa Bay. Where is he going? Atlanta? I mean, I'm just saying, that, you know, in, in terms of there are places he could go. Don't get me wrong. But I don't I, – I think – He's got a job. I, yeah, I think this is his spot to lose. He's got a job. Yeah. This, this, this see, is his team. Did you see Ric Flair tweeting at him? It was pretty cool. I did not, actually. Ric Flair loves Baker Mayfield. He said uh, he wants to hang out with him and he wants his phone number. And then he said, woo, at the end. Just like, you know, well, he always does. There you go. Ric Flair and Baker Mayfield walk into a bar. That's a, that's that's an interesting one, my friend. An interesting one. Tom Thomas Brown is uh, the Panthers OC, whose name was just debating me for a second. But you know, hard to gauge. Obviously, the Panthers didn't have a great year. Young quarterback didn't have a ton of talent. Um, if you look into Thomas Brown, huh? Who did he coach with a couple of years ago? Sean McVay. Why is there so many so much damn parody around the league? Is because. People poach everyone from these coaching trees uh, that have had success and they incorporate the same principles. And then you have a bunch of teams that are nine and eight uh, and every game is so hard to gauge. I mean, just because I know off the top of my head, the Titans, right? They take Rand Carthon, who was John Lynch's assistant GM. Ton of success. A lot of good principles there. Who's the new Tennessee assistant GM? Beginning of the year, they brought in uh, Chad Brinker, who was the Packers assistant GM who we talked about on last week's podcast, who have done a masterful job with this plan in place, and they're young, and they're Yet again. Yet again. So, you know, and and if Tennessee does, and it's looking like they might hire Brian Callahan, then you have a guy who's worked with a couple of stud quarterbacks and Matt Stafford, Peyton Manning, and and Joe Burrow uh, in Cincinnati, and suddenly you just have this melting pot 
of guys in the right places from successful coaching trees. So if you're looking at a guy like Thomas Brown, you're like a bunch of my friends in the group chats. Who would want the Panthers offense coordinator? Well, you play the hand you're dealt. You can only put so much in place. You have a rookie quarterback. You can only, I mean, I'm preaching to the choir here, what you achieve, but you can only open up the playbook so much when nothing against Adam Thielen. Sensational, sensational uh, season. But, you know, he's not a number one, right? <laughs> so, um, not fair to judge Thomas Brown just yet. But, of course, you know, Carolina would probably hope to keep a little continuity there with uh, Bryce Young and Thomas Brown as well. But that division, I mean, I don't think anybody wants to see Bill Belichick rolling into Atlanta, Chief, in that division. Yeah, and I, I think Bill Belichick's got a real shot to land in Atlanta, man, despite not having the quarterback. Um, here's some here's some other breaking news today, Luch, which I, I know we're kind of talking playoffs, and we're going to wrap this thing up, I know, shortly. Um, the Bears hired the offensive coordinator from Seattle today. They hired their offensive coordinator. So I think changes are looming. I don't. I, I think that's, to me, I think that signals Justin Fields is probably going to be out the door, despite the fact that, you know, they're keeping the head coach. I think Justin Fields is out of the door. I think Atlanta is the perfect landing spot for Justin Fields. No matter what coach they get, Luch, here's why. Justin Fields is from Georgia. And I think just having a homecoming, being able to go back there, play football in a Falcons uniform, whether it was his favorite team or not, close to home, right? He's going to have all the support in the world, you know, was there at, at the University of Georgia, kind of got shafted, if you will, had, had to get not run out of town, but he had to end up leaving to actually get a real shot to play quarterback, goes to Ohio State, shows, hey, man, I belong, gets drafted by the Bears, and now because of the generational talent i'm air quoting here because we don't know exactly how he's going to play the pros but we assume he's going to be pretty good based on the measurables and every, all the scouting they're thinking he's a generational quarterback talent looks like he's probably going to the bears and now justin fields has to find a new home when he's been a pretty good quarterback down the stretch in that season i think atlanta's a perfect landing spot he should have a good coach there because I think Arthur Blank is trying to get this right, Luke. I don't think he's just going to grab someone like he did the last time. I think Belichick or Harbaugh or someone that he knows can get the job done. I think that's what he's going with here. And I I, I, I think he's going to have a really good season if, if that is the case. Also in other news, Luke, I guess we're, we're kind of – since we're in the news vein, I know we'll go back and catch this we'll, thing we'll, up. We'll break it up a little bit, yeah. Yeah, Ron Rivera – interviewing for the defensive coordinator position of the Eagles. Not sure if anybody caught that today. That is also happening. That actually might be a match made in heaven for Coach Rivera to just go back to coaching defense. You want to finish out your career? How many of these older coaches, Lutz, right, have just cut, been able to be head coaches? Like, like think about Wade. What happened when McVay, Wade Phillips, when McVay went to the Rams, McVay says, hey, Wade, please, come over, coach my defense, right? Wade gets to go and do what he's always been able to do, coach defense. And I think if Ron Rivera can just be the defensive coordinator, I will say I think this Philly defense would be much better. I think they'd be light years better, even with the talent they have. Ron Rivera can coach defense, despite as bad as they were this season. He knows the defensive side of the ball, and maybe this is how you finish out your career, Ron as a defensive coordinator, give up all of that head coach responsibility and do something that you're capable of doing. Just want to put that out there. Now, back to our regularly scheduled programs, talking about the NFC 
and the playoff chances. Yeah, you know, I, I had a friend text me and said, wow, uh, the Bills game was much more entertaining than the Bucks lions game. I thought that was a very entertaining game. I thought yeah. it was a very entertaining game. Similar to the, the, the Baltimore game, a little sticky in the beginning, right? Just teams just kind of trying to find their way, and then we got to score it in the second half. I'm with you. I, I, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good. Big ups to um, we just we you know we're just like love bombing uh, Canales here, but you know he found some formations and some pistol looks and got Rashad White going. This is a team that couldn't run the football to save their lives for the better part of three months, and you know, Rashad White, nice little gadget guy. I mean, just not known as a runner. I think of Rashad White. I feel like he can catch the ball out of the backfield. Not like he's tiny, not like, you know, not like Darren Sproles change of pace, but I don't, I'm not like wowed by Rashad Wade on the ground. And, you know, would he be my first five choices of who do I want to, to break a tackle? Probably wouldn't be him, but he looked good. But really, like they found a way to get him in space. And that's something that many teams haven't been able to do against Detroit. And that kind of opened things up you know, later in the game, you know, for Baker and Mike Evans to kind of do their thing. Uh, Kate Otten, really nice game. There were, you know, one thing that makes elite teams elite and good teams just good is, I mean, there were just what appeared to be missed assignments up front blocking in the first half of that game uh, with the blitzes off the edge. And it's not oftentimes I agree with the broadcast, but there were free runners multiple times. Baker Mayfield took a beating. And at one point I was like, let's not forget about you know, his ribs he was dealing with a couple weeks ago. I got a little nervous for him. He took some shots. But some of those plays, you know, that Detroit had a couple guys. Aiden Hutchinson's not a guy you want, you know, being untouched coming at Baker Mayfield. And, you know, those games, you know, the third and longs, they had a lot of negative plays, a lot of missed assignments blocking. And you know, that I don't want to say that buried Tampa Bay, but as a, a team in the Bucks that still had a real opportunity in the closing, you know, minute and a half, two minutes to get the ball in hand down, you know, a score and a, and a two-point conversion. And all the cards did not, you know, fall in their favor at the end there but hell of a season i you know, with the way tampa bay was playing i, I can't say that there was a, a massive gap between those two teams like vegas was probably about right i think that was like a six point spread and the lions backers were happy to to get a w after that one but here we are and nothing the tampa bay that team should not hang their heads they had you know, more holes than most of the playoff teams that were there and and for Detroit party on anything can happen and and we're gonna see what they got in Sam Fran coming up but I guess what was your biggest takeaway from that game as a whole chief uh my biggest takeaway is you know how I felt about Detroit going into the playoffs I felt like Detroit had the easiest road to the NFC championship they did but they also still had to take care of business and they did and now they have to go on the road to earn a, a spot to the Super Bowl. I saw some really good things from this team. I think Detroit's a much tougher team than, than we give them credit for. I think, you know, what Dan Campbell has done in terms of motivation and pushing the right buttons for this team has helped them. Now, guess what? When you're an aggressive coach, sometimes it's going to work and sometimes it's not. And so we got to figure out this week does – that aggressiveness help him this week or does it hurt him? I caught a really interesting stat, Luke. The Lions have scored more points on fourth down than any other team in the league. I think they've scored 99 points on fourth down this season. 
that's at least 10 to 11 more points than the next highest team. So the aggressiveness has been working out, but it's all about the right time to do it. And does Campbell push and pull the right buttons at the right time? What I will say, because I know we didn't really talk about San Francisco, but we, we can talk about it briefly because I think that game, we expect them to win. They had some hiccups in that game. We think Debo Samuel's borderline to play or not play. Here's what I will say. I think Detroit has a chance to beat San Francisco because I think they have enough weapons. Can they get enough pressure on Brock Purdy in the passing game to get them off, off their game-calling script? Here's why, here's why I think it's important, Luce. One of the things about Mike Shanahan that's been incredible, this man can call a game. But did you see the clock management in this game? And this isn't something that's been just like this game. We've seen some clock management miscues. And so if 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 the ball falls the wrong way at the wrong time, Luke, and we end up with Detroit in this interesting lead situation at the wrong time in the game, look out San Francisco. They could very well be at home. Do I think San Francisco should go back to the Super Bowl? I do. Right, I'm not going to let the Lions fool me here. I do think San Francisco is built to go back. But I think if Debo Samuel is out, I'm going to get concerned. Right? If the Lions can get in and run the football, I'm going to get really concerned. Right? If the Lions are able to run the football loops in this NFC Championship game, I'm going to be very concerned about their chances because this team schematically wants to do the same thing that San Francisco wants to do. Get out and run the ball and then hit you deep for play action at the right time. And if that comes together for them, San Francisco is going to have a dogfight on their, chance, on their hands. As we saw in this game with the Packers, this was not an easy game all the way through for San Francisco. So I'm very interested. I'm very interested to see this one as it's coming up. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was one of the more inefficient games for Amon Ross St. Brown and hell of a lot of targets. Um, top betters were probably not pleased with that, but for a long time, a lot of people trashed Detroit for taking Jameer Gibbs. Um, sure. Could you have went out there and found a different change of pace back, but he really is necessary, you know, a switch of gears from David Montgomery. I know he's had a couple of big runs this year, but if you want a guy to really hit the home run once in a while, it's going to be Gibbs, and, and we saw it. I mean, that was the play. In my eyes, that was kind of the play that solidified Jameer Gibbs' uh, draft pick. Yeah, One play did it. Because now, you know, try, try telling that Detroit fan base otherwise right now. They're in the freaking NFC Championship with a legitimate chance to go to a Super Bowl. You got elite play callers. You have... Arguably the best motivational coach in football right now. And no matter how long his tenure is, and I have my doubts about him for sure, but you know, if he keeps finding this revolving door of offensive coordinators, maybe Ben Johnson sticks around another year. I mean, that would be really scary and really good for, uh, for Detroit. But uh, Gibbs, I mean, he ran most of the routes out of the backfield, but he still ran 11% of his routes from the slot and 11% out wide. So, uh, you know, Showing his diversity throughout the year. You know, Josh Reynolds, pretty damn good receiver this year. 
they, they've found ways and things are working cohesively and it would be a hell of a story. I mean, I have absolutely nothing against the 49ers. Like, I don't care if they won the whole thing. But man, would it be cool to see Detroit get to the Super Bowl chief? It would just be a nice underdog about damn time. Like, I just know, you know, if I was a fan, the emotions I would be feeling uh, and I would be doing a lot of sleeping this week. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I think this is going to be very interesting as we see this one come up. Um, this may, in fact, be one of the more interesting games of the weekend. There are only two. I think with Baltimore and Kansas City, Luch, we feel like Baltimore is the best team, but we feel like Patrick Mahomes and this team, they just know how to find ways to win. So that dynamic, I think we're expecting a really competitive game. If Detroit comes out and and, and puts the pressure on San Francisco, I actually think there's something the general media and consensus, I think we're not expecting that. And if Detroit plays well and has a shot at the end to go to the Super Bowl or is leading at the end and San Francisco comes and just kind of wins it down to the wire, I think that's going to be something that's a little bit more shocking to the system for the average everyday fan, especially since we're used to the same old lines. NFC North representing, and we spent a lot of time talking about Green Bay on the previous week's podcast, but about as good of a chance as you're going to get to take down San Fran, you know, in Cali. The Packers had it. You know, Jordan Love, you can boil it down to one throw if you want. I, you know, I'm not a fan of that, but, you know, obviously he got a little, got a little Brett Favre going on and uh, slang a ball pretty late deep into coverage and uh, the tables turned quite a bit. But I, I think, I think Green Bay and Detroit. And maybe even Green Bay, just with if Detroit's probably going to lose both of its coordinators at this point, Green Bay might be the biggest winner in terms of, you know, that narrative. This the biggest winner that's not going to win this season might be the Green Bay Packers. And Jordan Love really turned up, looked phenomenal. We've seen him grow before our eyes. He looks like a quarterback with poise now, and that changed dramatically from three months ago. Like when he's in that pocket and he's comfortable, he doesn't look like the Jordan Love from September. And it was really cool to see him grow all of these young weapons that they've brought in organically. Uh, last week's podcast, we talked about all the draft classes, all these, all, all the quote unquote help. You know, we didn't see Luke Gutenkus bring in for Aaron Rodgers. They've kind of done it. They've chipped away at it. But the last, you know, this draft class, bringing in Musgrave, bringing in Jaden Reed, bringing in Tucker Craft, all huge contributors. Getting Aaron Jones healthy at the right time was, was huge as well. And, I tip my cap to Matt LaFleur, who has proven he didn't need Aaron Rodgers to, to do his damage. And they have a real winner in Jordan Love. That division is going to be tough. I think Green Bay is one of the biggest winners. With They might actually have the youngest roster. Top of my head, I'm not sure. I think they do. But mm-hmm. honestly, sky's the limit for Jordan Love and this Green Bay team who you know, has a head coach in Matt LaFleur who's not going anywhere anytime soon. Yeah, absolutely, man. And they, they do have the youngest team. And uh, once again, Luke. I've been saying it all along. People think I'm crazy. They didn't need Aaron Rodgers. I felt like Aaron Rodgers has been overrated. And once again, what what does Green Bay do? They come out and do practically the same thing they've been doing, Luke, with Aaron Rodgers, which is go to the playoffs and lose a playoff game. Didn't get to the NFC Championship, but I think everybody's going to give this team a pass. And I think we're expecting Jordan Love to come back this season or the next season, excuse me, and be even more poised and be even more comfortable in this offense. And I and I and that's the way I feel about CJ Stroud. It's the same way I feel about Baker Mayfield. Like even though Baker's a tenured veteran, 
when you can hang around an organization and play football, you should get more comfortable, right? Which is also why people feel like the Dallas Cowboys are just chasing their tails because Dak's been comfortable and they're still not winning. Story for another day. That's a sidebar. But once again, I, uh, I'm expecting Jordan Love to come back and, and, and be a much more improved next season, even though he played really well down the stretch. You, you've held that IOU in your back pocket. Uh, about I or and I told you so about Aaron Rodgers for a really long time, but this Packers organization has been holding that I told you so in their back pocket since 2020 when they drafted Jordan Love and everybody's like, huh? Like the Scooby Doo, huh? Like get yep. Aaron Rodgers some help. No, they were planning ahead. They had some inc- they had a, a a notion that Aaron Rodgers thing would blow up eventually. There was clear friction. So we talked about it last week. You made a lot of good points how they've planned for these. You know, the turnover. They planned for the quarterback turnover. Got a little bit lucky. Kudos to the decades of, of scouting, the, the standard of scouting and the way that that Green Bay front office does things to find someone like Jordan Love, you know, have the cojones to take him in the first round when you have uh, a future Hall of Famer quarterback in Aaron Rodgers already set to play the following season. And what a sign of a relief. What haven't I told you so? From Green Bay to the world saying, this is our guy and we freaking told you so. We got a winner in Jordan Love. So they really just have to feel great. Obviously, you know, you're going to be heartbroken. Shake it off after a couple of days. You look, the sun's going to come up and say, wow, we got Jaden Reed, Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, Jordan Love, Aaron Jones, and a great head coach and a defense that's coming and uh, everything's going to be okay. And, and just, you know, lastly, uh, Minnesota, uh, this didn't probably expect to turn this podcast on and hear a Vikings reference, but they big better figure out a way to get Kirk Cousins back in purple. Because the Bears are going to do something, and we saw them improve greatly, as we talked about over the second half. The group, the Packers are here. The Lions have arrived. It, you know, if you're Minnesota, you don't want to be that team to plateau right now. You bring Kirk Cousins back with that roster. Um, Brian Flores did a great job there. Surprised the phone was not ringing for him a little bit more. You got to get Kirk Cousins back in purple because this division, kind of like the AFC South, is is has money to spend. They're up and coming. There's some really good quarterback play now. They better get Cousins back up there in the North. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Let's hope they do because that might be their best chance to be competitive unless they're going to trade for Justin Fields and send Kirk, you know, somewhere else to, you know, uh, some possible championship contender that that possibly was on the outside looking in like the Raiders. Uh, We'll see what happens. Kirk Cousins to the Raiders, man, might get real interesting. Uh, You didn't hear it from me. That's just me speculating on what's out there. Uh, I could absolutely see Kirk Cousins going to Vegas, though. Like, this team might be made for him because Antonio Pierce is going to – I said Antonio Pierce. Uh, Coach Pierce is – I want to say it right. Coach Pierce, just like we call everybody else. He's going to require a lot uh, of this team heading into the offseason and back into the season. I think he required a lot of them – of them in season, tough coach. Imagine Kirk going there with Devontae Adams uh, and company. Once again, we talked about it. The AFC is going to get better. I agree. Well, just a quick look at, at these games. You know, we talked about each team. Chiefs, Ravens, three and a half point spread, 44 and a half total. The total opened at 45, it looks like, on scores and odds. Kind of, I kind of like that 45 number because it feels like a 24-21 game. If I see that thing at 45, it's kind of screaming under to me. The only bet that I've currently placed is, is Monday, right? We're still digesting things. Uh, I took Baltimore money line because I do think they're going to win the football game. Is it going to be by 
by three or four points. I don't know. And with the way this league is, with how good Mahomes is, with how good Andy Reid is, I don't know what the margin is going to be. But I like Baltimore to win. Do you have any thoughts on the spread or or, um, or the total there? I know you're in the Baltimore uh, money line camp as well. I think uh, you can still get them at, at – um, that looks like minus 165 on Caesars. Uh, but we're looking at like, you know, minus 180, minus 190 on some other books. It's going to be a steep price now. But what are your thoughts on this game from kind of a betting perspective? Yeah, um, I, I definitely I'm siding with Baltimore here. I don't think, you know, I don't think there's any reason not to. Like sometimes you just have to say, OK, well, who's the better football team, you think? Um, spread is, you know, minus three and a half. They're basically saying, hey, favorite at home. And uh, we've talked about these teams on the margins, Luch, like all teams aren't created equal. Believe it or not, Baltimore's 14 and four, Kansas City's 13 and six. Um, not as big of a difference as you think. I, I know Kansas City had played one extra playoff game. Baltimore, had they had to play last week, probably would have been 15 and or 60, yeah, 15 and four. And, 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 you know, the Chiefs 13 and six, everyone to slice it. Uh, we can still get the Ravens. And that's why if you're using, uh, our beautiful sports book tool here at Scores and Odds. Uh, you can compare across all the books and see where they're at. Still getting a minus three in some places, Luke, on DraftKings. It looks like Hard Rock uh, from around minus 120, minus 122. I'm, I'm willing to accept that. I don't, I don't think that's a bad thing. But here's what I like, Luke. This might be the best line of all. I do like the money line. We can get them at Sugar House at minus 305 for plus 105. Feels really tasty to me for a Baltimore team that's been really dominant on defense. I like what's the, the minus. What's the Sugar House bet? Minus three hundred five plus one hundred five. Huh. I don't. I like it, Luke. I think they can. I think they can win by more than a field goal here, because I think this Baltimore defense isn't going to allow Mahomes to beat them up and down the field. Yeah. I don't mind the first half line either. I, you know, do I want do I want to worry about the fourth quarter when the defense is a little tired, right? Mahomes turns a you know a three yard scramble into fifteen here or there, you know. Kind of don't mind a, a Ravens first half bet either. Um, the other game's interesting. Obviously, Detroit and San Fran seven point spread right now. Don't know weather. Weather is obviously an issue. We're going to hear a lot of crap all week about can Jared Goff, you know, play outside, win outside, you dome quarterback, blah, 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 whatever. Um, if you do want weather updates, check out Kevin Roth on our Roto Grinders NFL weather page. He's also a pretty good Twitter follow. Uh, our meteorologist there with Roto Grinders and scores on us. Definitely give Roth a follow. His, his stuff's unbelievable, the stuff he does. But uh, let's just say there's no weather. Let's just say it's it's fine. Doable, whatever, nothing extreme. What do you think about seven points in this game? Uh, I think it's too much. Um, but what I think is, I, I think the interesting spot here is the Lions' money line. I mean, you're getting them around plus 250 most places. And, Luch, I think the time to get on that might actually be right now. Here's why I say that. Um let, let me say this. I think the plus seven, seven and a half is the best, right? That's the best one to take. Um, it gives you a few more outs. But I think if if you think Debo sits, right, that, that could drop down to what, plus 180, 
plus 200, I think. You see what I'm saying? You know, the spread could decrease. I think I think money line and spread are where we want to be sitting on the Detroit side if I'm in this thing right now. But that's me personally. Oh, man. I If Bebo's in, I think this thing shifts a little bit. Could get up to about eight and a half. My heart, my heart wants to bet with Detroit. And I know I've done my Dan Campbell, you know, I poo-pooed on him a little bit from time to time. But Ben Johnson and, and, and Aaron Glenn are such a big part of what they do that uh, I love Dan Campbell for what he does. Like, he's a top tier. Like, I want to run through a wall for the guy. <laughs> like, I'll do it. Yeah. But man, I, I just – and look at Sam Fran and who they've played. And we've talked about this previously. There aren't like there just aren't many good defenses in the NFL. There just aren't many good ones anymore. My problem is San Fran has just really mopped up the mediocre to, to like below average defenses. And yeah. you know, nothing against Baker Mayfield and Rashad White. But I mean, you're getting Christian McCaffrey, even if Debo says is Ayuk George Kittle. Then again, but you know, I, I think Green Bay was actually underrated, and you know. Uh, you know, they kept the game close there as well. So it depends how you want to look at it. I just, I think I, I'll have to think about, it. I don't want to lock it in right now, but by the end of the weekend, I, I'd probably side with Sam Fran by seven. And and that pains me because I want this. I'm a fan of a very small market football team. I want to see Detroit, you know, get to where they need to be. I, that would just be such a sick story, but I think I'm leaning Niners. And I, I just don't you feel like the public's going to be all over Detroit. It's going to be a very public side, and I want to see kind of if there's line movement and, and what things are looking like. Yeah, absolutely. Anything else? We should probably get out of here. Thanks for sticking with us, folks, by the way. Yeah, uh, I don't have anything else, man. Um, I'm just glad to be a part of this thing with you, Luch, and glad you guys were able to hang out with us during the season. Uh, I know this isn't the traditional podcast for for daily fantasy sports but i do think there's value in you guys seeing us be fans right and just talk with our hair down a little bit and uh and just just kind of bring you our thoughts from watching the games looking at the data and hopefully you know making it palatable for all of you guys week in and week out thank you for inviting us into your homes and to your podcasts in your cars on your apple play your android auto uh whatever it is you're utilizing uh we're super grateful and uh we hopefully we'll be back next season yet again uh not this i don't i don't think this is quite the last one i think we got one more and we that's should it. Have one more I think we got one more and that's it and we will bring the heat for that one but I, I still want to just take a moment and thank all of you you guys are the reason we do this and, and come on and talk sports no doubt we will have all kinds of content on Roto Grinders all week. We already have betting picks up at Scores and Odds. Uh, my Baltimore Money Lines picks up there. Britt Devine has been crushing it. He has a couple picks on the board for Championship Sunday as well. And you know, there's always showdown slates. There's always main slates. There's a two gamer. I'm sure that. Check out Roto Grinders. Oh, don't worry. Uh, they should know. Myself, TJ Tim, will be here on the pre-lock show, ready to roll for for uh, for Championship Sunday. Don't don't you worry about it. We will be here. Chiefs got you covered. For my guy here, Will Priester, I'm the Luch Justin Carlucci. Enjoy these championship games. Have a good week, everybody.